Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hi there, welcome to session 285 of Selling the Couch. This will actually be our last podcast session until September I like to take months off during the the year just to recharge and get some episodes recorded. I love podcasting, but uh, it definitely takes uh, energy and effort and just want to be mindful to take good care of myself. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So with with this last episode, I know that many of us want to launch an online course either now or we may be even in the process of doing it right now, or we want to launch something in the future. First, I just want to say, yes, I'm genuinely just so happy and excited for you. Uh, do it. The journey, it won't be easy, but looking back at our life, regretting that we wish we had put something out there and regretting that will be a lot more painful. The reasons that many of us want to create an online course, it really varies. You know, I think some of us are nearing retirement and want a new challenge, something to keep us busy and energized. Some of us are successful as clinicians and practice owners and business owners, but feeling unfulfilled that even though we love the work, There's something about seeing clients that just doesn't spark that creative energy. And some of us just want to diversify our income so that all of it doesn't come from trading time for income. And some of us feel like we have a bigger message to share beyond just our geographic area that you've often thought, man, I'm an online course away from being able to affect the lives of hundreds, thousands, or even tens of thousands of people. As I was thinking about the content for this episode, I thought a lot about my own online creation story. So I launched the Healthcasters podcasting course back in 2015. And truth be told, I was absolutely terrified. Back then, the podcast was just eight months old. 
Uh, it was a little baby podcast in the world of podcasting, and I really struggled with a lot of doubts and fears. And even if you listen to several of the early episodes of the Selling the Couch podcast, I think you'll be able to sense it in my voice how much like fear and doubt that I had. And for me, when I launched the Healthcasters course, I had so many doubts and struggles and questions that kept coming up. Things like, who am I to be teaching podcasting when I'm still so new to this space? Would someone trust me enough actually to buy my course? And why would actually someone pick my course when there's so many excellent podcasting courses out there? You know, the truth is I didn't spend a lot of money at the onset uh, just because like finances were really tight. We were actually saving up for the down payment on our first home and actually had just bought, just had moved into our first home. And so, uh, you know, there was just a lot of expenses. And so I had to be like super mindful in terms of budget and stuff. So basically I knew that I needed things like a mic, a webcam, I needed software to be able to record my online course and whether, you know, I wanted to record myself or my computer screen or both. And I needed a course platform, you know, basically a place where you could actually host your online course so that basically you could automate people signing up for the course, uh, take payment and students could get their username and password. I just feel very fortunate and blessed to have the Healthcasters uh, course go from a $297 first sale to now over 275 therapists and therapists turned coaches and consultants go through the course. And uh, it's just been such an amazing thing to see uh, just me being able to play such a small role in this, in the success of so many of the podcasts, especially in the mental health space. And I, you know, the course passed the the $200,000 revenue mark this year. And this year it's on track to bring in around $92,000 through the course and some of the related products and services that I offer. I always hesitate to share financial numbers because I don't want to come across as boastful or do some weird flex thing on, on a podcast. But my intent is really just to share that an online course when planned intentionally and when you put in that energy and time to really build it out can truly be life-changing. You know, for me, a life, for me, I, I think a successful online course, I was thinking a lot about this and it came down to like three things, what that means for me. One is that I can build a life around my loved ones and self-care versus fitting my loved ones and self-care around a career. Second, that we as a family can contribute our time and financial resources to organizations making the world a better place especially in the realm of sex trafficking, education, and children. Um, that's an area that I've shared uh, with past episodes that we have a lot of just interest in. I was fortunate to be able to work with an NGO while I was in grad school in Bombay, India, uh, within the red light district, and just learned a lot about you know so many of the challenges that someone who worked in the commercial sex trafficking industry deals with, and especially the children, just everything from all sorts of, you know, PTSD and trauma and just all sorts of things. And uh, so it's something that's really close to our heart. And then the third thing for me is I can create my ideal retirement schedule years before actual retirement. For me, it's not really anything fancy. It involves like deep work time in the morning, a midday hike and a 25 minute power nap. And then 
two hours of learning time, which wraps up the business stuff for the day. And I usually pick up our little one from grandparents, uh, cook a meal while Susan finishes up work, and then we eat and spend the rest of the evening together as a family. So at this point in the episode, I would actually encourage you to pause if you can and uh, pause this actual episode, take out a sheet of paper or use your phone or a tablet or, and simply write the answers to this question. Just whatever comes to your mind, a successful online course for me would mean and whatever comes to your mind. So in this episode, I simply wanted to share five candid pieces of advice so that you can avoid many of the mistakes that I made with the Healthcasters course and help you ultimately build that online course that you are meant to share with the world. Nothing fancy, just real talk. So advice number one is online course creation, much like most worthwhile things in life, is a long road. I know that all of us have seen things online from people who've shared how their online course went from nothing to like a six or a seven figure revenue generating machine. One of the things that I have done is spend a lot of time in conversation and getting mentored and coached by successful online uh, course creators. And the one thing that they've all said is that in the overwhelming majority of cases, and definitely all of them, that their online course creation journey was very slow, was very intentional. It's almost like, I think it's like a spin wheel where, you know, the, it starts to rotate like very slow at the beginning, but then over time, the momentum kind of picks up. I don't think it's called spin wheel, but I think you guys get the point. And so I want you to sort of think of it definitely in that way. And I wanted to actually offer you a framework that's really simple, but powerful to think about in your online course journey. I first learned this from Ramit Sethi. So shout out to Ramit. I highly doubt he's listening to this podcast, but shout out regardless. And so year one is all about learning. What this means is that you have permission to spend the year before launching any kind of course to study the marketplace. You're launching, you're learning if there are other courses that are same or similar to what you're thinking about offering. You're learning about how these courses are priced, how they're presented, how they're structured. You're actually getting on calls with other course creators and potential students, asking them about their dreams and their hopes and their fears and their roadblocks to accomplishing what your online course will teach them. You're learning about how you can go into what I call a blue ocean. And this is based on the book, Blue Ocean Strategy, which is honestly in my top five business books that I think every therapist should read. But you're essentially creating a blue ocean and creating a product that either supplements existing courses in your niche, or you go into a whole new niche where your course is the logical option. Side note, I did the second thing. So I created a podcasting course just for therapists who wanted to launch a successful podcast, but didn't know where to get started. And can I tell you something about this first year? It's super lonely. You know, for me, selling the couch was like the first several months, I like made zero money at all. And then I think the about, I think like four or five months in, I was maybe making like 20 to 30 bucks, maybe on like Amazon affiliate income that tops uh, Amazon plus like other affiliate income. And, you know, so I was still doing clinical work and doing SDC sort of as a side gay. And I simply just had to hold fast to this dream that this 
online course would work out if I put in the time and energy up front. Year two, so if year one is all about learning, year two is all about earning. And this is actually where you put your online course out into the world and you start to make money from your online course. And year three and beyond is for scaling. Basically, how do you take your existing course students or how do you give your existing course students new experiences related to your course, whether it's like a weekend retreat, a mastermind, opportunities to work one-on-one with you. If you don't have a community for your online course, perhaps you build a community and uh, you offer something like group coaching within the community, something like that. That's sort of a premium upgrade uh, for course students. So my encouragement to you is to remember what year you're in and don't try to fast forward. Uh, It's kind of like when I was a kid and I, I remember I had no idea how to ride a bike, but I decided one of my friends had a bike that was like significantly bigger than I was and probably should not been the bike that I was riding. But, you know, I wanted to, I guess, show off to my friend and I, I got on my friend's bike. I hadn't even put on training wheels on my own bike. And you can probably guess the result. The online course journey is very similar. If you try to focus on scaling or even like year two of earning income, before you've learned about the marketplace, it's going to be, it's just going to be a really hard journey. What often then happens is you spend all this time and energy creating an online course, but you haven't validated it. You haven't like seen what's out there in the marketplace or any of those different things. So advice number two is don't pick an online course platform because it's cheap or free. Uh, I know this is a little bit controversial, so I hope that you'll hear me out. First, what I realized is, and I actually did this. So first, what I realized is it's short-sighted. First of all, how do you expect someone to pay $500,000 or $2,000 or more for your online course if you yourself are not willing to invest money to give students a great experience? This is something, again, I just, I embarrassingly did. Now, to be fair, the options were quite limited back in 2015 in terms of online course platforms, unlike today, where there's a number of awesome course platforms. But I literally spent $108 per year on my platform. And you could tell that it cost $108 a year. You know, as a course creator, I could tell because the platform was rarely updated. And all I could do uh, if I ever wanted like customer service or anything like that, there was an email that I had a single email and I would reach out to the person and then, then I would uh, you know, just kind of wait for a reply. And to be fair, they were pretty fast in responding, but it just seemed um, like literally, I think it was just sort of like one person was managing everything. Now, I'm not saying go spend $400 or $500 a month at the onset to get this like crazy, like super high-tech platform, but try to pick one that will be kind to your future self. By that, I mean envision where your course will be five or seven or even 10 years from now. What things would you want in your back pocket that you don't need in year one? For example, you probably want like a customer service portal so that the students can email you or once they log into the course, there's like a little pop-up thing, you know, they, they can open up that allows them to message you if they need an update a credit card or request a refund or anything like that. Just a side note, a lot of these like platforms that are only for online courses do not actually have like a customer service portal built in. And so you often have to then like five, seven years later, end up paying uh, extra to get that. 
versus like one of these all-in-one platforms that tend to have those built in. Another thing you may want to consider is you may want an affiliate portal so that your existing students can create their own content about your course and how it's transformed their lives. And then they get a little commission from you for every sale that brings in. So basically an affiliate portal manages the back end of that so that you're not having to worry about like, oh yeah, you know, Melvin sold one of my courses and now I, how much money was I supposed to give him? Something like an all-in-one platform that has these affiliate portals, they'll manage all of it. So you get like a nice, like an overview sheet and tells you like, this person brought in this many sales and this is how much they're owed. And there's even like automations where you can actually set it up to automatically uh, like pay them out and stuff like that. Uh, so you don't have to like worry about it. Or you can do it manually, like where you might go in on the 15th of every month or something and just pay out, click a button and pay out. Another thing you may want to consider is having a fully automated email sequence complete with tagging as your existing students move into new offerings with you. So for example, let's say somebody buys your online course and then ends up getting uh, doing a mastermind with you. Right? You may want to tag them as both an online course student as well as a mastermind student just for like data and record keeping and all of those things. Or maybe you don't want to reinvent the wheel and you just want some like plug and play email templates created by experts that have been shown to convert, right? So in short, I recommend looking at an all-in-one course platform. As I record this, Carter, Kajabi, and ClickFunnels are the three major ones that I've heard of. I'm sure there are other ones that will come out in the future. Now, every one of these, what I realized is they have their pros and cons. So none of them are perfect. It would be amazing to like combine the superpowers of all three of them and, you know, have one product, but it doesn't quite work that way. So just realize that there isn't one perfect solution, but I think if you go one of those three routes, you should be okay. Um, in case you're wondering, I went with Kartra. You can use the link sellingthecouch.com forward slash Kartra. That's an affiliate link. If you'd like to try it out for a dollar for a 14-day trial, we switched to Kartra in 2020. And again, like I said, there are some like little quirks with it, but on the whole, I've had a really good experience. And uh, the reason we switched is we just found it to offer the best in terms of value and current features, and then as well as some of the future features that they were building out. So advice number three is the first version of your online course will not be the final version. The first version of your online course will not be the final version. I know that many of us struggle with perfectionism, but just remember that the course creation journey is a long and winding road, that there's just some things in it that you have to go through the fire to understand. Can I just... Can I just be honest with you and tell you something? So one of the first videos that I recorded for the Healthcasters course was about positioning your podcasting mic to get like really high quality sound, especially if you don't have like, you're not recording your podcast in a studio or something like that. And what I try to do is distill lessons that I had learned from personal experience, from doing like paid consults, uh, stuff I had learned from conferences and watching like a ton of YouTube videos you know what I didn't get the memo on? That I should at least put on a polo shirt. You know what I did? I sported a shirt from the Batman movie, Dark Knight. Great movie, by the way. And I talked right into the camera. And I look back now and I feel a little bit embarrassed because I, I was like, oh, Mel, why would you wear a, like a t-shirt? Could you just put on a polo shirt, please? 
for your future self. But you know what? What I realize is that the 10 minutes that I spend recording that and just speaking from the heart and just giving helpful information, that taught so many of our colleagues how to record great sound without spending a crazy amount of money. And now what we do is we update the HealthCasters course one to two times a year, typically in the spring and fall. The reason I do this is because podcasting is such a new and rapidly growing space. And so I love, I just feel like it's my responsibility as a course creator to, you know, to update it. And I use the money that the course made to buy better gear so that the newest recordings like have really high quality, like I record on a DSLR. So basically my face is like super sharp. Whereas, you know, the scenery behind me is like blurred out. So it looks like really super dreamy and just a cool thing. But when I first started, it was literally a webcam and my podcasting mic, which at the time was around $60 or so. So just to review, uh, advice number one is online course creation, much like most worthy things in life is a long road. Number two, don't pick an online course platform because it's cheap or free. The, the third advice is the first version of your online course will not be the final version. So don't get stuck with perfectionism. Advice four is see your online course as part of a larger value ladder versus a one-off offering. The value ladder concept is something I learned from my podcast editor, uh, Christy Hausler, who I believe learned it from Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels. The basic idea is that our initial student buyers are best future student buyers. So when you're creating your online course, think about offering uh, like a suite of related offerings. Ideally, you want something that's like a free offering, a medium off priced offering, a high priced offering, and then like an ultra price offering. That's sort of what I do. I have a free, medium, high, and ultra. So free could be dead, like a downloadable or an evergreen webinar related to your online course. On either of these, uh, you basically invite folks to purchase your online course after they consume that free content. So the online course is the medium offering. Uh, your high could be an upgrade for students who purchase the course to do like a monthly group consultation or coaching. And your ultra could be a mastermind, an intensive, or a retreat. I'll include a link to a YouTube video that explains the value ladder in the show notes for today's episode. As I know, I, I kind of glossed over it, but the concept, once you really understand it, and whether you create an online course or not, I think just as a business owner, understanding the concept of the value ladder is just such a powerful, powerful tool. So the final piece of advice is build your course in community. So building an online course just requires the next level of vulnerability. You could have a sale coming in overnight while you're sleeping, which has literally happened to me, and then have someone else request a refund another day. So I would recommend, just highly recommend finding two other people who are also creating online courses and create a mastermind with them. It might be wise to have one of those people be someone who's a course creator that's not a therapist. So someone that's in another discipline. I think doing something like this, I think will foster a lot of new creative ideas and allow for like cross-pollination. Plus these mastermind buddies could offer things like bonuses to make your online course even better. Each meeting of this mastermind can be structured in terms of how the group likes it. So I've seen, for example, some mastermind meetings are just like check-ins, like, hey, what are you working on? And you know, what do you need help with? And everybody in the mastermind just kind of goes. I really like the other more popular version is the hot seat style meeting. And this is the one I really like. 
where the hour is split into like two 30-minute segments. At each segment, one person shares something they're struggling with, what they've tried, and what they would love advice on to get unstuck. And the other, the rest of the members, uh, so in this case, we're doing three, right? The other two members then give just open and honest and kind feedback on how, on what they would do if they were in that situation. There's actually a previous episode on uh, the Selling the Couch podcast on masterminds pretty early in the journey. And so I encourage you to definitely check that one out if uh, you want to learn more about masterminds and how to structure them. So as we wrap up, this idea of building things in community is something that I just found so powerful. There's just something so magical about doing something when you're with people who are positive and encouraging and just are willing to pick you up. I love this old African proverb, which says, alone we go faster, but together we go further. And uh, with that, I just wanted to invite you to be a part of Online Course School. We are actually in the process of having our first initial uh, beta group uh, for Online Course School. And basically, this is a live cohort experience where we take your online course idea from an idea to validation to launch. It's built it built online course school is built just for us for therapists and therapists turned coaches and consultants who are successful business owners but are now interested in building an online course basically people like us who want to launch a successful online course but also want to be mindful to get legal and ethical ducks in a row uh, given some of the unique aspects of our profession and just want to join with other colleagues uh, like-minded colleagues in community a live cohort is really cool because every time we meet, we spend some time learning and then actually working to apply that thing so that so that you can in, so that uh, you can actually get the work done. So, for example, like one of the teaching workshops is on outlining your course lessons and modules. So, I'll be sharing how we use software and good old-fashioned post-it notes to design our course lessons, and then we'll actually have quite work time where we'll break and then we'll break up into breakout rooms. So you can actually get feedback from fellow therapist course creators. We'll have things like a pop-up online community, and we'll connect you with an accountability buddy within our larger group. And if all of this sounds really interesting and they're like, Mel, this would be amazing, I would encourage you to take a moment to download the A to Z online course guide. This is a guide that I just put together with many of the lessons that I learned from the Healthcasters course. And you can download that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. As I shared, uh, we're going through a uh, initial beta test of the curriculum this fall. So we want to test the curriculum. We want to test the format. One of the challenges is, you know, that I've, I'm running into, right? How do you take six years of course creation knowledge and put it into eight weeks, right? And that's what we're doing. And so six to 10 of our colleagues uh, are actually in the process of of getting getting to be part of this initial beta group, and then we'll be land we'll be launching the first official founders group uh, early next year. I'm envisioning it in the spring, and so going forward, my my plan is to have like a spring cohort and a fall cohort. I, I kind of want to you know figure out my energy levels too, but that's my vision right now. And uh, yeah, I would love to have you uh, as part of it. As we wrap up, I uh, hope that you found today's podcast session really helpful. Again, let me just review the five pieces of advice. One is online course creation, much like most worthy things in life is a long road. Advice number two, don't pick an online course platform because it's cheap or free. Advice number three, the 
first version of your online course will not be the final version. Advice four, see your online course as part of a larger value ladder versus a one-off offering. And five, build your online course in community. So uh, as we wrap up, I'm just, I, again, I'm just so excited for you. You know, I, I would have never in my wildest dreams actually thought that I would launch an online course. I always had these like really creative ideas. I remember even, I mean, even when I was a kid, but especially like going through grad school and internship and learn and, and postdoc, I just remember like learning from people and just feeling like, man, I love, I love therapy. I love the work, but like, there's just something I feel like there's my creativity can get harnessed at different levels and, 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 uh, in different ways. And so, yeah, I just, more than anything, I just wanted to encourage you. If you have been thinking about an online course, you know, it's not an easy process, but it's an amazing process because ultimately you get to build something that scales, right? Where time is not traded for income and you get to diversify income and you, you get to help people and serve people on just a different level. And yeah, even for me, like I shared this a little earlier, but just seeing so many of my students that have gone through my podcasting course launch these podcasts, I, I feel like I just feel so overjoyed and so happy, you know, when they, when I see them launch their podcasts and now they're speaking at conferences and launching books and creating directories and all of these things. And I just think, man, you know, what a humbling opportunity just to play a small role in that. And so I wanted you to think about that for you. You know, one day there's going to be students that message you and that say, wow, you know, your course changed my life or because of your course, I was able to do this. And so hone into that. And that's, and when those fears and doubts come, hold fast to your dreams, because I I think holding fast to those dreams and realizing that what you're creating is so much bigger than you, I think will be so helpful in the long run. Show notes to today's episode can be actually found right uh, on this podcast. So if you just click, you'll show you'll see all of the notes. And you can also find it at signthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 285. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great upcoming month. Just so grateful for you. Thank you for continuing to tune into the podcast. I know with so many life events happening, especially in the midst of this pandemic and uh, many of us starting to travel a little bit and all of those things. Uh, I just am so grateful you continue to tune in. Uh, my goal is to continue to just do you justice. I so appreciate always. I feel really grateful. that. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. You take the time to listen and I genuinely try to create things that are helpful. So I'll see you in a uh, couple of weeks. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.
So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.